Welcome to episode 31 of First Strike, the Invasion podcast, the podcast that looks at the DC Comics crossover from 1988, Invasion, and all its tie-ins. I'm Siskoid. I'm Bass. And today we're... Booby prize. We're looking at <laughs> New Guardians number seven. Oh, you've been waiting for this one. Uh, yeah, we have in the past talked about New Guardians number six and the yes. New Guardians in general and how little they meant to us. Well, I didn't even know they existed. Ninety percent of you know comics readers probably yeah. <laughs> have cared not about these characters. Although we did see in the comments of that particular episode that some people did care about them. Yeah. Uh, number seven is in the aftermath issue, so we must cover it. In the second part, though, stick around. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a New Guardians fan, stick around. Because in the second part of the show, uh -huh. uh, since we've already talked about New Guardians, we'll talk about uh, team books or books that supported several heroes uh, that did not cross over with Invasion. What were they doing what were at this they point? Doing? Uh, we did an episode like this uh, before with yep. the solo heroes. We're doing it with the team heroes. I think uh, that'll so, be cool. That'll be fun. Yeah, so stick around for that. Or skip ahead 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's let's get this done. Let's get it New done. New Guardians number seven. Uh, it's called Heartlands by writer Carrie Bates, penciler Joe Staten, uh, inker Mark Farmer, letterer John Costanza, colorist Nancy Ulihan, assistant editor Kevin Dooley, as edited by Andy Helfer. The cover by uh, Joe Stetton and Mark Farmer as well. It's one of the more serious-looking pictures of Extraño looking at a crystal skull. A crystal skull. And oh, it says dreams and revelations. I know. <laughs> it it kind of sets you up for something, doesn't it? No, but it's a good cover. I mean, it I, is, I mean it it's, it's just a strong cover whether you care about the character yeah, the pictures yeah. or not. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a strong cover. It could be, you know, if, if it was... Anybody else. Somebody you knew. Good color scheme. Yeah. If it were Doctor Strange. Oh, that'd be great. Similar. Uh, yeah, yeah. That'd be character. awesome. <laughs> I, your apathy is... Um... Oh, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Infectious. So, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, let's get into the synopsis let's... and we can talk about the issue. Oh, the New this Guardians. Is, this is going to be good. Are eulogizing Jet, their team member who sacrificed herself to defeat the Okarans in the invasion, when uh, suddenly Betty Clawman... The Aborigine New Guardian, who lives in the Dreamtime, shows up to scold Ram, Gloss, and Floro for harboring doubts about the team going forward without Jet. They admit to wanting to take a little break to go home, etc., and take off to do just that. We follow Gloss to her village in China, only a few miles away. There she gets encouragement from her parents and saves a child from an industrial accident, but she's also accused of bleeding the earth of its life force by an old man, and suddenly... The ground cracks and the village is destroyed in a fiery earthquake. 
Is she responsible? In Japan, Ram visits his father who disowns him for having been transformed into a human computer. As he walks out, he's kidnapped by forces unknown, people who start dismantling him. And in the Amazon rainforest, Floro is strangely attacked by a jaguar who can't possibly eat him. And then the Parliament of Trees shows up to say he's useless both as a defender of the green and as a new guardian. And they proceed to root him in place as caterpillars devour his wooden flesh. That's when all three of them wake up. It was all a dream, Bass. No. <laughs> they were illusions broadcast by Betty through her dreamtime powers, so they would confront their doubts directly, and now their resolve is strengthened, apparently. apparently. Uh, meanwhile, Extraño went back to Peru to say his goodbyes, and uh, uh, he's hit by lightning that also blasts a cave open in which he finds a crystal skull. <laughs> the artifact gives him a... A buff makeover enhances his powers and tells him something, but we're not told what. As he rejoins the group, so does Harbinger, who's been back to HQ, that was the Green Lantern Citadel at that time, and found former member Tom Kamal, who had been captured in South Africa by their old enemy, Jan Wilhelm. They're incognito at the airport, about to go to South Africa, when the gene bomb goes off. And there we are. <laughs> that's the that's the issue. So let's say... Uh, a psychological aftermath to yeah. Jet's death, which is part of the invasion. It is. It is. It's. Uh, I. I would also call it twenty-four pages of why it does nothing. This comic does nothing. It may, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I get it. I get it. And they start off strong. There's the grieving. You kind of get into it. You're like, all right. I'm 14 years old. I'm, you know, from the 90s. You know, or close to the 90s. So you know, I'm all emoed up. They all say their name, so I guess, I guess you get to know the Guardians. A little bit of exposition. Yeah, that's fine. And and then there's this big lettuce head woman thing that's called Betty. Yeah, that just Betty's appears. a member of the New Guardians. She's just she how, wasn't in the previous issue. So how am I supposed to know this? Exactly. Well, yeah. I'm not. I what? <laughs> I, all I saw is a big lettuce. I don't know what's going on. And now, and all of a sudden, it's all like people going off in their separate directions and and have little backstories that are told and it's it's hard my criticism is that i don't really get the psychology i don't that, think there that, is any well they're supposed to be because they're confronting their doubts it's, it's supposed to be a dream uh you know through the dream time so let's let's go back to what we know of aborigine okay, uh, yeah, mysticism I, and whatever right? i get but, it but they, they never get to the point they get woke they wake up before they can do anything it's just I don't know how they were transformed by these experiences. They're feeling that they don't know how to go on with yeah. the team now that they've lost a member. And the, the other guys are fine. They've accepted the possibility of death because they, they're all HIV positive because of the hemogoblin. The hemogoblin. The hemogoblin thing. So they're at peace with the idea of dying. So it seems like these other guys are afraid of dying. Yeah. They just don't admit it. Yeah. Betty is like a little bit too pissed. Well, where the hell was she during the invasion? I mean, I know she lives in the dreamscape, but wh why? What, I don't know. What can she do? Having tea with Sandman? I, I... <laughs> so, we don't know. But anyway, it seems very harsh for no yeah, reason. It is. And then they go out, well, they go into their dream state and we don't know. We're being lied to. Yeah. And then the, you can sort of start guessing. Either it's really badly written or it's a dream because it's like other people telling Ram that 
he sucks as a new guardian or Floro sucks as a new guardian, yeah. which is what they believe of yeah. themselves. Yeah, and it's like I, very weird. I get all of that, but I mean, even if it was like the, the you know, the typical hero journey where... You... Well, yeah, what what is the dream supposed to make them do and why is it all fine at the end? So is it fine because they admit to themselves... They've confronted their demons and they admit to... Because it what? doesn't feel like after these experiences... Okay, yeah, I'm gung-ho. I'm a new guardian. Yeah. I, I yeah, If yeah. we die, we die. It's part of the job. I accept that maybe, responsibility. Maybe in the next issue. I don't know. But in this one, they don't even... I don't feel like they confront it. They just they just witness yeah. their demons. They, they suffer. Yeah, I mean... They suffer their demons... And they don't resolve anything. Exactly. There's no instant growing of a spine or balls all of a sudden. And they don't do anything. They just, you know, the Parliament of Trees is saying to Floro, you're not worthy of the green and being a new garden. And he goes, well, well maybe I'm not. And what? what? At least grow grow some mushrooms, man. Do something. <laughs> no, and, mushrooms and, is the gray. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. It's something That's else. right. But you know they 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 wake up some chestnuts. <laughs> they wake up and there nothing happened. And and that's the that's the sad part. And that's why it the whole it was all a dream thing was even more horrible or or in, basically infuriating. Let me ask you this because it's all a dream is a comic book trope. It, I, it's not it, just a comic book trope, but it's a comic book, it's a comic book trope. Works wonders for Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Wonderful. Because that really happens. Yeah, exactly. There's a dreaming. And this, I guess there is a dreaming because the dream time is something. But we don't know. But but there doesn't seem to be, like, Floro gets eaten. And obviously when he wakes up, he's fine. So my question is, does that always piss you off when it was all a dream? Yeah. Or are there places, times, ways of using the trope that are okay? The only time I think it's fine is if... That's not the end of it. If all of a sudden they wake up again and again, <laughs> Inception. Well, if it's all a dream, but somehow, and that's why I say Freddy Krueger's the only thing I like about okay. this is that all of a sudden maybe the dream is within the you know the living space, or all of a sudden in re a reality or something. Mm. But it was all a dream. Just it just feels so weak. It feels like a the weakest of all the Deus es machina. You know, it's 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 just a weak way of ending something. Well, you you touched on a fair point. The fact that it is, if it's a way of getting out of a crazy situation nice. where we've just been lied to. But if it's, I accept two possibilities. Yeah. One is that the dream is actually supposed to grow the character, and we we are in a dream, and it's kind of becomes obvious, at least to the readers, that it is a dream. Yeah. And through that dream, the character grows understand something new yeah yeah and, yeah that, that's fine. and we know it's a dream because everybody's dying you know <laughs> like that sort of thing okay you know it's a what if uh and the other is like a, a silver age kind of story where the whole damn thing is a dream or an imaginary story okay yeah. superman marries lois lane and they have kids and those kinds of stories that yeah you know from the get-go and then maybe superman wakes up at the end and says oh and like punchline we're reading the story as a an else world as a what if well, well that's and i like what if that's yeah, yeah me too i love them Love them. I have. I actually. I, I. I try to get all of these. You know the the imaginary stories of the sixties mm -hmm, and fifties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I try to get all yeah. of these because I love them. But this isn't it. That, for sure. This is not it. And and I agree with you. As long as the characters grow and here we're told they grow, but we don't. I just I don't buy it. Well, we we're told that they grow. We're told that uh, what's his what's his name uh, Gregorio that guy. Uh, well, he's not in a dream. No, I know. Okay, but extraño. He, he all of a sudden. Uh, finds this crystal skull is enlightened 
has a makeover and Jen he just comes over and says, "Hey, I just got a makeover and you know, all of a sudden I'm And everybody powerful. takes it for granted. Okay. And everybody's okay. I mean, I don't get it. Why can't you just show us that? And uh, I did some research to find out if anything ha- you know, if anything's revealed about that crystal skull. Nothing. I can't find anything. It oh. just seems to become part of his shtick. So he uses the skull to cast spells. It's like different spells that he used to not be able to do he's doing him with the skull okay so it's like he's carrying the skull like a like, like a, a soccer a volleyball or something yeah and, and then sometimes he uses it well he says something like it's his uh talisman or something yeah. like that and, and it just know, comes out of nowhere we and because we've all seen and then forgotten wiped our minds clean of uh indiana jones and the crystal skull <laughs> yeah, Kingdom we did of the try Christ- we did yeah. try <laughs> i can barely write for me anyway. it was very hard to get rid of that movie because uh, our friend fern from lonely hearts I yes. kept hiding copies of oh, it. Such a nice person. In my house? Yes. <laughs> so, and then he got me a, like a box set of westerns, like classic westerns. I opened up the, the box set. It's all copies of oh my God. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh my God. So I had like five or six copies for a while. Oh and my. then I gave them all away on our annual Oscar pool. Yeah. So I That's... kept a copy so that then I could not receive <laughs> that movie again. And so basically, it spread like a disease across everyone we know. I, I wonder if, uh, <laughs> like in like in five years or something, you know, sometimes you, you watch a movie and you say, "Ugh, what what the hell was that?" And you watch it like five years later, and you're like, "It's fine." Oh yeah, it's better than I thought it was. I wonder if that's going to happen with Crystal Skull. Maybe. I, I mean, mean, it's almost been ten years already. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of want to watch it back now. But in that, they use the mythology of the Crystal Skulls that, yeah. that exists. Yeah. And uh, the Crystal Skulls are supposed to have an alien origin. So here, it's a magical talisman, and we've just come off an alien story, but this has nothing to do with either of those aliens, or as far as I can tell from research, yeah. any aliens. I don't know. I think, you know what? It just never... This is my theory about that Crystal Skull in particular. It's not just one Crystal Skull. It's a bunch of Crystal Skulls. And they're all the, I think it's the vodka that Dan Aykroyd produces that's in a bottle shaped like a crystal skull. I think that's it. I think they're all just drunk. And somehow imbued with power. Well, I'll put, I'll, I'll say two, two good things about the issue. I like the image of Floro getting rooted down by the Parliament of Trees. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a cool visual. I like yeah. Swamp Thing. That's kind of a Swamp Thingy kind of thing. And I was impressed that way back in 1988... Uh, they, um, you, you've got these evil guys dismantling in the dream, dismantling Ram, and they say um, what his computing capacity is, and uh, that he's ranked at six billion gigs. Oh wow! So I thought, oh, well, that's it's aged a lot better than many of these yeah, he's, computer lingo things from the eighties. Absolutely, he's six I, billion I, gigs. That's still a lot. That's a that's a lot. Is that's, it? That, well, Wait, yeah, is that it? would be like six thousand terabytes. I okay, mean, it's, it's six thousand terabytes. Is pretty good. And, and yeah, and then I mean, he's <laughs> random good. access memory, so he's always active, and he has a lot of computing power. I, I mean, I kind of dug that too because that's what I'm basically the only. You know what? I kind of liked the new look with the crystal skull, though. But still, can't understand why they call the the Chinese lady gloss. When she takes power from, you know, the earth dragons. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Shiny but, lips. Oh, and, and <laughs> for some odd reason, pointy feet. She has like pointy toes. I didn't, it, what is that? Claws? What? It, anyways. That's why they need a uh, disguise spell. Because they're very, they're, or, they're inhuman in their proportions. Or just boots. Give her boots. She doesn't have to bare feet. She can have boots. But I did enjoy, you know what? I did enjoy that part about Ram. Where he's like, uh, he basically was 
what they transformed Cy- uh, not Cyclops Cyborg into. He's like basically sure, yeah. he could have been yeah. a version of Brainiac, but on the good side, right? So yeah. Ram is the only one that, in my opinion, could have been. Yeah. You know? But none of these guys were no very right. much because you know the book ends at issue twelve. And, and I mean, so that's only like five or six months away from this. And I mean, uh, first copy I read was last one, number six. I was like, yeah, all right. I, I guess I'll get to know a little bit more about them. And, and I really didn't. This was a hard read. This was, I mean, 24 pages of just trying to get through it. And and I don't get that a lot. I mean, I, I read some, I read some ugh stuff. And this was the ugh of the ugh. I have no words. I only have ugh. Well, obviously it tapped into something. Uh, yeah. uh, because if you read the letters page of this, I did. it's full of talk about gay representation and yeah. AIDS discussion and whether or not the book yeah. does it well or doesn't or, you know, and there's differing opinions. But mostly the, the letters seem positive about DC tackling these issues. Yeah. And, and I think if there's one thing to take from the New Guardians is that representation is a, an important thing. I mean, we had all types of people in there. Gay people, not gay people, uh, HIV positive people, and they're all working nationalities together. And nationalities, nationalities, ex- uh, exactly. And that's everything. the whole point of the New Guardians. They're yeah. supposed to show us the way. The Guardians of the Universe want them to show us the way to the future. Yeah. It's just, if you're just going to put all these, you know, it suffers from the same thing that the outsiders do or whatever. Yeah. You know, so many members, and in this case, most, very much most members, are just created for the book and seem kind of generic. Well, they, that's that's the problem with it. It, they're disposable heroes. And like disposable villains, you know, like these, you know, like last time we talked about the Power Elite. Well, the Power Elite was a bunch of disposable villains. I mean, they're boring, they're unimaginative, they're, you know, they have basic powers and, you know. Ugh. But in this case, they, I mean, they could relaunch a new Earth Guardians or something and really put some time into it. Create very good characters or, or use characters that already exist to, to recreate this stuff. Here's their final fates. Because <laughs> they die. Uh, they die. Many they, of them die. They die. Well, the book ends with Tom Kamalku, who was always supposed to be a new guardian, but he hadn't developed powers like the others. He wasn't transformed like the others. Okay. You know him as the Green Lantern's sidekick. He finally gets powers at the end. His power is love or something. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> He's but, a pink lantern. Yeah, but by, by the time you know, they disappear or they're ignored when he eventually reintegrates into Hal Jordan's story. Okay. So it's just like, let's never mention that again. Uh, Extraño more or less fades into obscurity, but... Uh, he's back after Rebirth. Oh, really? Recently, uh, in a more studly, I must say, much more studly form. Well, good. In connection with Midnighter and Apollo. So they're doing, you know, ob- they're connecting the gay characters together in that book. Okay, so they're creating com- a community. That's that's fine. Uh, Gloss became a member of the Global Guardians and uh, was killed by Prometheus, the Justice League villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jet returned. She was dead, but she returns as the leader of the Global Guardians after Infinite Crisis. So maybe a crisis tweak. An infinite crisis? Well, after. Like the one year later, suddenly Jet is a member and the leader of the Global Guardians. But she was dead here, so we never know how she came back to life. Ram was apparently killed at Roulette's Casino and went over fights. Okay. Uh, He was on a list of the dead, never (laughs) seen again. Uh, Floronic Man, Floro, went back to being a villain, obviously. Harbinger died in the pages of Batman Superman. And Betty was... Presumably still in the dream time when the Flushpoint hit, uh, I remember seeing her and Gloss in Wonder Woman's army of superheroines during okay. the Joker's Last Laugh storyline in 2001. 
Okay. So they were just like dumping all the female heroes, obscure characters into the mix, just like for one panel appearance. Yeah. Fighting similarly female villains. So the New Guardians like sort of continued to putter around for more or less 15 years. But around 2000, 2001, this started just like killing them off, clear the books for what? I guess. nothing. I guess. I, I mean, so I, they don't have like an ending. Like issue 12 isn't an ending. It's, it's just, a, just like, oh, Tom is, has powers and ready for the next phase. There, There is no next phase. Next They're phase hardly is, ever seen. Yeah, they just disband, I guess. And yeah. They just disappear. Oh, it's a weird fate. There's a lot of could have beens in this concept, I think. And somewhere, I think the concept is good. Having people from all over the earth working together towards, you know... Now, I'd read that. a Global Guardians comic. I would. Something that was really Global Guardians-y. But yeah. at the time... Uh, we already had just League International. So we already had embassies and a little yeah. bit more of a... Maybe it was overkill. I'm not going to miss him. I don't really care for any of them. I kind of dug Ram, but he's dead now, so that's that. Well, everybody's... I mean, this is all the previous continuity. Only Extraño's reappeared since the Flushpoint. Everybody you knew is dead or wiped out of existence. Yeah, really. <laughs> more that's, or less. That's true. They've all been tweaked since, that's if they true. still exist. I, I think Ram should come back as a villain for Cyborg, and they can have, like, inner space cyberspace like wars that's the, and stuff. that's the worst of it i let's kill all these guys and then we can reuse their names <laughs> well they shouldn't reuse the guys yeah because well the names oh the names suck are... i mean yeah, they're kind no... of horrible. oh I, we need to kill gloss so i can have a different character called gloss no yeah. no you don't <laughs> you don't need another gloss or another jet or another extraño i mean yeah. well jet is fine it's just it's too it's i don't know yeah I it, don't know. it has to be like jenny jet jenny jet okay you know well it's kind of like johnny quick you know it's not just mr quick it's you know it's johnny it's johnny quick joan jet that's yeah. something <laughs> that's something already yeah <laughs> But, I mean, it could work. It was, you know, and it could be fun and kitschy, but it, she could be awesome. But that's not going to happen. No. Last thoughts before we go to commercial? I think I gave it a, I gave it an F. <laughs> F for effort. <laughs> we'll take a small break. We'll come back. We'll talk about where the hell were the Legion, the Titans, and other teams These during guys, this time. Where were they? Find out after this. Hello, Paul. Hello. I am Dr. Herfenstaffner. Come in, come in, please. Take a seat. Take a seat. What can I do for you today? I uh, just, I just, I'm, I can't sleep. I, I, I can't focus on anything. The only thing I can think about is like DC events. DC events, as in the comic books. DC events. Yes, yes, the comic book events. Ooh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally. That one, yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis? Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh, very, very... Invasion, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, uh, the Genesis? Uh, not so much. No? Oh. Okay, well, I think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life. So, maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession. What? What, what do you call this obsession? What do you think it is? I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DCOCD. What? DCOCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. 
We shall do a podcast together about your DC OCD. Oh, okay. When I won't even start? charge you for it. <laughs> awesome. I don't think I can claim you on benefits. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. <laughs> when shall we start? Um, I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my I'll check my timetable. <laughs> cool. We're back. We're talking about <laughs> the books that didn't tie into Invasion. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Back in episode 23, we discussed some of the solo books that didn't cross over uh, with Invasion and why. We covered Batman, Green Arrow, Hellblazer, and The Question. In this episode, we'll look at team books that did likewise, or at least those that featured more than one hero. Let's go through this alphabetically. Let's do it. First, a quick shout out to Action Comics Weekly, uh, because it featured several strips each issue, and I suppose it could have run at least one invasion-related story. Could have. I mean, it's like a two, three-month period, and you're weekly, but they didn't. And uh, the strips were, at the time, Green Lantern, Black Canary, Phantom Stranger, Black Hawk, Speedy and Nightwing, and usually there was like a Superman two-pager. Uh, that was at first, and midway through the invasion, Speedy left Nightwing behind, The Stranger Who Walks was replaced by The Demon, Black Canary by The Phantom Lady, and Black Hawk by Wild Dog. Well, some of them appeared in the invasion. Uh, we saw Green yeah. Lantern in the Starman issue, uh, and in the invasion itself, yeah. but none of these strips crossed over. Probably too complex a thing. Fine, let's move on. Legion of Superheroes occurs a thousand years after the events of Invasion. They had managed to shoehorn a millennium tie-in into Legion, but not Invasion, even though Keith Giffen co-plotted that book. Uh, those months were taken up by continuing subplots and short plots with different villains, like the return of the Emerald Empress. There was plenty of room to do a sort of Invasion yeah. sequel? Memory? I don't know. Yeah, they could. That well, that's the thing with the Legion. They're in the future, so how do you do a future historical things and not talk about how it ends, right? And you know, maybe all is fine, so they don't go back to the past to try and fix it, because you know. So I, I kind of. For the Legion? Because a lot of the the villains in Invasion are from the, the Legion. The Dominators are from the Legion books. The yeah. Kuns are from the Legion books. So you could... Daxamites? Monel yeah. being the most famous Daxamite of all. Exactly. And there is a sort of Invasion aftermath, eventually, in a Legion. In the five years later storyline, which is a couple of years. Okay. Or a year after this. Uh, or eventually, they have an annual where they show that... Uh, all the the people that the dominators stole, kidnapped, and experimented on have various powers, and and they're living somewhere off Earth. And Valor Monel yeah. takes them, seeds them onto planets where their abilities will make them like good colonists. Okay. And those people become the ancestors of a lot of legionnaires. So, it, you know, okay. why do why do those cosmic boys people all have magnetism powers? Because the dominators took humans okay. a thousand years before, experimented on them, gave them magnetic abilities. That group of people were dumped on Brawl okay. and uh, because it was like heavy on iron ore or whatever. See, the, so it, it, it made, gave them a chance. That would have been the, the greatest of the tie-ins for this. Because the invasion, I mean, it's, it's horrible, but something very, very good came out of it, which is a lot of people from the Legion uh, of Superheroes. So that would have been like a great... At least aftermath or... It happens. It's just... Yeah. It's going to take a couple of years before somebody tells that story. Oh. It does connect. But it's a bit later. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was planned out. I don't know. Are you maybe. a Legion fan? 
I do like the Legion because I really like team books when I was younger. Uh, I was really into the the new Teen Titans. I think that's the first comic book I tried to buy regularly. And uh, I did, I, I really enjoyed the Legion of Superheroes because of the, the, the thing about the future and, you know, being inspired by Superman and how, you know, Superboy gets to hang out with him. And he's not Superman yet, but, you know, he's, he's hanging out with people who are influenced by Superman and trying to do good. And I just liked him. I just liked everything about him. So, yeah, I, I really didn't did. play up the paradox much. It did. But when you think about it, Superboy, you know, inspires the Legion. And the Legion acts as a school for superheroes yeah. for Superboy. So it, it is. It's a big ass <laughs> paradox. But you know what? It worked because it was zany and it was old school comic books and for kids. And I, I just ate it up. So I, yeah, I do. I do like the Legion of Superheroes. Well, obviously, I participate in the Legion of Superbloggers. So yeah, I, I just I'm like a card carrying Legion fan. You know, I couldn't name every Legionnaire ever. But, you know, well, I'm the I, guy that, that names the ones from the gap years yeah. that were never seen yeah. on the page. You're the guy who knows the rejects and yeah. oh, yeah. Fall Apart Boy and these guys. It's funny because the Legion was not like an early buy for me. It took me a while to, to buy the Legion because at the time I, I was a big fan of team books. Yeah. I, same as you. For me, it was how many superheroes are in this? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was Sounds like a superhero right. to, to dime ratio. Yeah, it has to be important. a cavalcade of superheroes. Yeah, that's yeah. why I got into Who's Who and Marvel Universe. And yeah. like, how many superheroes are in this? <laughs> Holy crap, you know. I know. Uh, the more there are, the more I want to read it. And yet... Legion, which is like the biggest team, arguably, I did not get into right away. And I had this, let's call him a friend at the time. Someone I palled around with. Okay. May not have ended well. Uh, <laughs> he took a book, didn't he? He well, stole a book. This is the guy that used to, to to break into my house to read my comics. Oh my. Like my mom would come, in, come from work and she'd find him there reading. And it was like, I wasn't there. I say break into, I mean. Yeah. Small town Canada. You don't lock your doors, obviously. Exactly. Uh, and I wasn't there. It's like, um, that's oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. We bought. We lock all our doors. Our. I mean, it's cold here. Cold gets in. I don't want people coming into our houses the, and stealing. I stuff. mean, this was the eighties. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Back in the eighties. Back in the eighties, we never. And I, we don't live in the. I don't live in that town. No. Exactly. <laughs> And see what happens. People come into your house yeah. and read your comics without your permission. So, yeah, lock your doors if you must. Uh, anyways. That was a weirdo, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's one, one story. But any, but exactly, he read my comics. And he never bought any. So it wasn't like, a, let's share. I had that relationship with others. Okay. But not him. He was just, he just uh, smooching a off. freeloader. Yeah. yeah. So um, there were comics that he wanted to read that I wasn't buying. So instead of buying them himself, he would sort of pester me about, you know, he would say that whatever comic I was buying was a waste. And in this case, I remember, I remember distinctly. He thought Power Pack was a waste. He wouldn't read Power Pack. It was like little kids. What? Little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power Pack was awesome. Power Pack was awesome. Sorry, it was terribly awesome. And I wasn't reading Legion. So he wanted me to check out that Legion book and to drop Power Pack. Well, no. I didn't drop Power Pack. I did buy a couple issues of Legion to see what it was about. It was okay. It was during the Tales of. Okay. So, and we never got the Baxter series. It just became like the Baxter series came in as reprints. And that's okay. where it really becomes truly awesome in that era. But I, you know, once I start buying a book, I buy it regardless of quality <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah, that's the that was the beginning of the addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, comics were 75 cents. Yeah, well, exactly. Canadian. I wound up reading a heck of a lot of legion 
because I picked it up during that time. And I've gone back and read earlier, I'd say, like, I'd say the, the 70s stuff is the stuff I don't know much about. Well, here's the the gist. Uh, they all have mutton chops. Okay. And bell bottoms. It's the bell bottoms and uh, showed a lot of skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They showed yeah. a lot of skin. So to me, it was really 80s Baxter. Yeah. Five years later, reboot. And then I, I stopped before this reboot. And I read yeah. some of the more recent stuff. Yeah, and now so, they're showing up in Supergirl, and oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not everywhere. there yet, but... Uh, they're everywhere. I only they're saw everywhere, the... except they don't have their own book. Really? They don't have their own book right yeah. now? Yeah, sometime in the new 52, uh-huh. their book died. There hasn't been a Legion book in like a few years, which is the first time since, since the 60s that are, they aren't appearing, um, you know, monthly or regularly. Wow, because after Flashpoint, they had two books out in the new 52. Yeah, well, Legion lost, and... Yeah, and I thought they were going to be the people who were going to save, like, the whole universe, because... They were like trapped in this time between times. They're not. They from... might have fixed history. Yeah, they were from their future, not this future. And I thought maybe that was like the overshadowing plot thing where everything. But it. it there it... really was no plan. I don't think there was a plan. Uh, maybe soon. I hope. Well, yeah, and, and they've it, been teasing it since the rebirth. Still no Legion book. Man, uh, if if they do, uh, forboot it. Is that how we're going to call it? I guess. I hope they go with the uh, weird cosmic boy corset thing. You know that... that... The 70s corset. (laughs) I just love that thing. Terrible. It's it's horrible. I love it, though. Uh, Let's move on to New Titans. Yes. So this was a book that was published back then. It was a big... Mm -hmm. It was big. It was still big. It's not an invasion. It was in the middle of... It's Who is Wonder Girl story, which took them off-world for a few months. Uh, it was one of those Who is Donna Troy continuity kerfuffles, yeah. of which there have been many. So they missed the whole event. That's, that's very sad. That's very sad because uh, they, they could have used the whole invasion thing to make that team grow. I mean, we, we could have had that Who is Donna Troy thing within the invasion. Could have been all tied in. But... And you've got Starfire on your team. I know. Who was tortured by Psyons, who has a, a you know... Yeah. A... Wasn't she sold she's... to the O'Karen? Yeah, the... she's got yeah. skin in the game. I know. She would have been uh, like a deadly force, man. She Instead, been... we've got fake newspapers saying, where are the Titans? <laughs> so they yeah, didn't exactly. even leave like a note. But, I mean, it would have been great to see that team. You know, they were, they were all sidekicks and they all well, not grew these. up. The new Titans... Okay, maybe not all of them, but, you know, Nightwing, Speedy, I mean... Changeling, even Changeling. Yeah, even Changeling. And that would have been a nice, like, uh, little thing. They could have crossed over with the the Doom Patrol. You know, do a little, like, hey, old team, meet new team. But, yeah, they didn't do that. So let me come out and say it. I'm not a fan of the Titans. Oh, that's fine. Well, I am a fan of the Teen Titans... From the 60s. The new Titans, they're different, yeah. I, you know, I, I really love... The Bob Haney stuff from the 60s. Who does insane. And it's insane. And I love that there was like a year one miniseries that yeah. did that. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that series that is That was wonderful. very fun. And Teen Titans Go uses the new Titans, but really... The zaniness from it's, the... It's Haney-rific. Uh, you know. So uh, those are the Titans I do like. Yeah. But the new Teen Titans, same thing. I got into them at the same time as I did Legion. I was reading Tales of with upcoming the Baxter series reprints. And um, it was just okay, you know? Yeah. I, I guess the previous New Titans were well, the better The, the New Teen Titans were great. Well, I think so. I mean, the whole... When you get to discover... I mean, there's the origin of Cyborg in there. There's, you know, the origin of Starfire. The origin of uh, Raven. I mean, you get to, to know these characters who are now classic characters. I mean, that doesn't happen a lot. Ram is not a classic character. 
No, but for characters created in the 80s, it's good. I mean, yeah. it's... It, but they felt to me... I was a big X-Men fan at the time. Well, see, they and were... it felt to me like trying to capture that and, magic. And to be honest, probably Angsty, was. Mm, yeah. Teenagers. But, you know, with, uh, with a couple characters in there who are... You know, who should be angsty. You know, they're not new characters. Robin, I mean, he's growing up. There's these rumors about him and Batman all the time. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's coming into his own. He's like, hey. Yeah, what? Ravens, or yeah. father's a demon. I, I get it. Yeah, and, and Kid Flash. Actually, Kid Flash kind of just... Yeah, he like, like cancer during the, this time and losing his speed. And Yeah, and he, he I mean, he got his personality from this This I gotta say, I, I was... Originally, I was sort of buying it because George Perez did the art. Well, that's a good. That's yeah, a good no, reason it's like, to buy but it. you know, you still gotta, you still have to suffer through Jericho's storyline. Yeah, and, that's horrible. And then eventually, and I, I stuck with it too long, which I could say the same of Marv Wolfman, the writer. Yeah. Um, you know, Danny Chase, and oh god, yeah. that's a brand that really went downhill because I got into it too late. The original New Titans yeah. stories pre-Baxter are the better ones. And um, those are the ones I hardly read or never read. Oh, that's that's fine. It's fine. I mean, I really liked them because well, of Kid Flash. Well, thank you for just forgiving me. Well, but... <laughs> I, I, I do. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to. I can't defend something that, you know, I, if you don't like. I mean, I'm not going to say, hey, broccoli's good. I like broccoli. Maybe you don't like broccoli. I don't like broccoli. It's well, cauliflower I hate. Oh, me too, actually. See, we okay, we agree on this, but you know, Titans, I'm not going to fight you. I mean, I get it. It was kind of weird. Because I kind of like the characters better than the series. The characters are awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Wonder Girl. And well, I, when, when she has an origin or when she's... Well, when, when she's Wonder Girl. When she's... Yeah. <laughs> I like her when she's Wonder Girl. I don't care about the Troya stuff. Yeah. Changeling was fun. I yeah. like Cyborg. I like Nightwing. Yeah. I, I like all these people. It's just the types of stories told just it didn't yeah. work for me yeah. and in retrospect some of them are kind of dodgy probably if i read them again i'd probably say yeah you know, all the deathstro terra relationship is I know. icky you know that's it's, sort of is. stuff like this that doesn't quite work it is but you know that's another character we we got to you know know and love and became a classic character i mean all the characters in that book became classic characters they're all in video games now and the characters are probably better than the stories and uh, that's why they survived I think so. That's when I started being a, uh, not a Robin fan, but a Dick Grayson fan. Because when he changed his name to Nightwing and changed the costume and had the disco costume, it was great. That's when I tried to learn about the, the characters, like their alter egos for all of them. Because all of a sudden, these characters, not just Nightwing, but all of them, had like alter egos and, and other lives. And I was wondering, you know, what does, what does Cyborg do on, you know, the weekends or Wednesday night? How does Wally, you know, deal with having to eat so much and not having a job? You know, I was right. I was wondering these things. So, you know, so you're I, really invested. Yeah, kind of. Well, send your hate mail to me, courtesy <laughs> of fireandwaterpodcast.com. Hey, and if, I mean, you might think I'm a nut, so I don't hate it. It never really worked for me. Yeah. Uh, next up is Secret Origins. Likewise, it did a couple of Millennium tie-ins. Yeah. We had various Manhunters in one issue and Floronic Man and the Guardians of the Universe in the other, which were characters appearing in Millennium. But no invasion. I'm not sure what they could have done. Adam Strange uh, seems important at the, at the top of it. Yeah. Uh, he had his own issue. Maybe it was already passed. Uh, Omega Men could have had a send-off. Um, you know, various alien cultures. That could have been an interesting issue. Absolutely. Uh, but instead, we got uh, Booster Gold, Martian Manhunter, Max Lord, 
as part of the Justice League triptych that was ending. Hal Jordan and Poison Ivy. And the Legion of Substitute Heroes and Dr. Light, a comedy issue. So nothing... Nothing really connected. Even remotely... I mean, Max Lord, Marsh Manager, they appeared in yeah. The Invasion. But, I mean, it's not like there yeah. was a connection. Poison Ivy, zero connection. Yeah. So, no Secret Origins well, they for Invasion. could have had a bunch of them. Alien cultures. I um, mean, it's, it's a weird idea. I, I know. To but... do that, but... Still, it still tie in. I mean, it'll be cool. Yeah, you could just like, slap the banner on it. Yeah, it seems a waste. It seems like they could have done anything, really. Yeah, just just the one issue. Well, do you know New Guardians try to boost <laughs> boost these sales, <laughs> make them interesting or something? Uh, maybe. Were you a fan of Secret Origins? You've uh, have you read any of the issues or uh, just the ones that Ryan Daly forced you to read? Basically, the ones that Ryan Daly forced me to read. But I mean, they were good. I that would have been something that I would have read. Back then, if I did, I didn't read comics back then. I only, I read comics when I was like a kid. All of high school, I didn't read any comic books because, you know, small town, not cool. I was trying to be cool. Uh, so I was, you know, reading them in my closet. <laughs> so so I just came out as, you know, a comic book nerd when started university. So started reading some stuff and I just got way into the flash. Because that was the kind of stuff, that would have been my jam. I would have loved It Secret was totally Orders. my jam. You know, like. The, the same idea that I wanted to read team books because there were many more characters. Yeah. A lot of that was fueled by my wanting to discover these universes. Uh, so this is a time when we've got Secret Origins, we've got Who's Who, we've got Marvel Universe Deluxe, we've got Marvel Saga, which is basically just, you know, just cut out panels from old stories yeah. with text telling the story. But I was just eating this stuff up so that it seemed, it almost feels like I've read everything from the Silver Age on, or with <laughs> Secret Origins, a lot of the stuff from the Golden Age, because yeah. there were so many Golden Age characters given origins, at least during the Roy Thomas era, uh, before Mark Waite started editing the book. So yeah, this was like something that I remember at first, I was only picking up the ones that seemed that really interested me. Oh, yeah. Superman, who cares? I know that origin. And then I didn't pick up the first issue, you know. But soon, you know, I was just collecting it. My fascination with these characters behind the masks would have been, you know, reason enough to just buy that book all the time. And I miss it. Not the not Secret Origins <laughs> necessarily, because there's there's been like a new Fifty Two version yeah. that was a big who cares. Well, you know, they just tell Aquaman's. Yeah, I know it. Superman's. Yeah, I know it. Batman's. That one's never been told. <laughs> yeah, what is Batman's origin story? And also felt like your universe is like seconds old. What are these origins? Yeah. You know, what are they grounded in? The original series, of course, I, I miss it. The format was in. But I missed the podcast, is what I was going to say. You yeah, know? Ryan's podcast. Yeah, Ryan's only been doing crap since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I do agree. I mean... No, uh, you don't agree that he's been doing no, crap. No, 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 okay. but the, the podcast... It's a joke, it's a joke. Great, and it was... I'm a big well, fan of Nightcast and Midnight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> love them. Love them, but, you know, that, that Secret Origins was... It's probably the, the podcast that started me on listening to podcasts. Um... It's close because for me, because it was obviously the Fire and Water and Who's yeah. Who got me into into that. And then uh, I think after that, for sure, it was Secret Origins. I got in on from the ground floor. I don't even know how I heard of it back then. We weren't networked. <laughs> I, I know. I don't. So, I think I probably heard it from you or, or something. Maybe because I did guest star yeah, in that's earlier. Apparently nobody wanted to do Golden Age characters at the time. Or Ryan didn't know anyone who wanted to do Golden Agers. So I did like Sandman. Uh, Gas Mask Sandman? Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So anyways. So yeah, I miss it. I, and in fact, I'd say that some of my podcasts are very much based on the Secret Origins format. 
So mm-hmm. like um, a double team up yeah. has a you know like the it's guest similar, who yeah. defends a certain character. That yeah. I took my cues from Secret Wars. Ripping off Ryan <laughs> since <laughs> 2016. <laughs> Finally, we have Young All Stars. I did not know these people. Well, it's the post-crisis rebranding of the All-Star Squadron. Yeah, I'm down with um, that. Of course, it missed the invasion by taking place in the 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard. Uh, some offbeat foreshadowing story could have been attempted, but the book was busy at the time, was in a five-part story uh, featuring Baron Blitzkrieg and Axis America. So, yeah, Young All-Stars was... I, I, you know, I was a big fan of All-Star Squadron. Yeah. But not a big fan of Young All-Stars. Partly because it wasn't sold on newsstands. So okay. I only got a few issues here and there later on in back issue yeah. bins. They were basically the Teen Titans from the 40s. Yeah. So they basically they kind of created, they took characters that weren't big in All-Star Squadron. Yeah. Uh, younger, perhaps, heroes. A few of them were known. A couple of them were invented for the series. Yeah, yeah. Which is always them. a problem. <laughs> well, they become often they become just disposable. You know, bad costumes, bad powers. I thought, I thought, like, you know, Flying Fox was kind of cool looking, but... Well, so, uh... It became a Batman thing, the Flying Fox, after a while. Yeah. So. But he was supposed to replace... I guess he was replacing Batman, because the way it happened was that after Crisis, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Robin, Green Arrow... Yeah. They disappeared from 40s. 1940s. Yeah. So they had to be replaced. Well, they didn't have to. <laughs> I mean, they didn't need to be replaced. Especially, they couldn't be replaced by teenagers... Like the new heroes who were just like showing up in 1943, who took care of business since 1938, right? <laughs> yeah. So they're not strictly replacements, but it wasn't a way to just, you know, replace them in a picture and yeah. show five different people replacing the heroes we knew. So uh, Dan the Dynamite replaced Robin, and Flying Fox replaced Batman, Iron Monroe replaced Superman, Fury was Wonder Woman. It, it's fine. It was fine. I, I just like lost track of the whole story. Well, it was, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, mirroring what it was, but it's not really that. So it's kind it's of a also weird knockoff. The title, the title's a problem because it yeah. tells you that now we're going to focus on these five newbies. Whereas All-Star Squadron was basically every hero from the 40s yeah. was technically a member of the team. Yeah. And the, and, I mean, and you could great, like switch rosters. Great heroes at that. I mean, Ooh. they were all in there. And I got in a bit late. And then went back and collected the rest. Uh, but, you know, by the time I was in, it made me fall for Dr. Fate and Our yeah. Man. And uh, so so Secret Origins was kind of a partner to that because it was also starring some of these heroes and giving yeah. their origins. And um, All-Star Squadron very often just took a break to show Secret Origins stories. Okay. It kind of felt like, oh, these things are either pilots for Secret Origins or there was no room in Secret Origins for them. Bam, let's just do it. And Roy Thomas was really trapped at, because of Crisis, where they were kind of killing off Earth 2. And all this stuff was happening on Earth 2, and all that history had to kind of change or be tweaked, and he hated that. It seems like the last year of All-Star Squadron is very much a hodgepodge. There are no continuing stories anymore. Yeah. It's Secret Origins. It's Here's a, an old Superman story from the 40s, but it's going to be told as if the All-Star Squadron were the heroes instead okay. of Superman. Which is an interesting experiment, but it was kind of doing stuff like that. Yeah. Well, no real investment in, I guess, the team. They knew it was going to end. It wasn't even setting up the Young All-Stars, you know. So, and that eventually led to Roy Thomas leaving DC Comics because he felt he'd been treated poorly. Why couldn't All-Star Squadron have given away to uh, just a society book? Well, like it did 
Uh, okay, okay. You the Jeff the... Johns uh, Justice Society run. Right. And that was great. Love that. I, I think I have them all. So, you know, it's... Yeah. I, I, I like that pool of characters. Yeah, they're great characters. And um, it sort of did a disservice to the comic that it was focusing on these newer characters. Like, all the ones you cared about were in the background. It's like he was combining what he was doing with Infinity Inc., another team I do not care about. Yeah. And, yeah, nobody cares about Infinity. And the All-Star Squadron, like, sort of merging those two ideas. Let's make yeah. him kids. And, and Roy Thomas was not necessarily the best writer of teenagers. Well, he was better than... Who wrote The New Guardians again? Kerry <laughs> Bates. Kerry Bates was writing um, Captain Adam. And I love that book. I, I, It's fine. It's fine. It's just that I don't think he knew where to go with The New Guardians. He wrote a lot of The Flash that wasn't very good. <laughs> the Trial of the Flash. The, the, the Trial of the Flash that lasted like three years. Oh, man. Trial of the Flash. They made the, they, That made it into the, the TV world now. Yeah. But, well, a version of it. But it wasn't but, a very good storyline at, at, at the time, no, I don't think. it's kind of clanky, actually. Kinda yeah, clanky. he wrote a lot of Superman. I mean, you know, it's just he didn't originate. Let's be clear. He okay. did not originate the New Guardians. No. He sort of got that dumped in his lap. Well, that sounds like the exact right words for that. It got dumped <laughs> right on his lap. Somebody pulled down the pants of creativity and just dumped it on his lap. I really didn't enjoy the New Guardians. <laughs> I, I see that. I see that. <sighs> so uh, so those were the main books. Yeah. The, the, the continuing books that could have tied in into Invasion and didn't. Some had reasons. I don't know if uh, sometimes it's maybe the writer who's going, nah, I'm not doing this. Just like the editor of the Batman books decided he, he didn't want Batman to cross over too much yeah. into Invasion. Well, maybe Marv Wolfman is uh, was like, "Nah, sorry, I've got this epic planned, and it's not. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a bother to do an invasion issue." And everybody else went. Probably we all had to cross over into Crisis on Infinite Earths, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> probably something like this. It's probably exactly something like that. And maybe it isn't. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it's not, they can always ring in. You know, give us a call. It's like Roy Thomas is going, what the hell? What the hell are these people saying? Marv isn't crossing over, and but my Earth 2 got killed off. Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, bad blood. That's why he left. Or maybe it isn't. So, it, it uh, probably isn't. No, we're just inventing a soap Else, opera. It's an, it's an else world. We're, it's a, yeah, we're, we're building we're, a... It's, it's a bullpen uh, <laughs> fantasy. Just an imaginary story. Wake up. It was a dream. It's... <laughs> This is this is comics TMZ. This is comics TMZ. That's all. Yeah, it's we all untrue rumors. Exactly. Um, that we started. So <laughs> there you go. We'll take another break. When we come back, letters from the front. Letters from the front. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> the Legion of Superheroes through the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Baxter series. Five years later, the reboot, the three boot, the retro boot, the animated series. We have banded together as the Legion of Super Bloggers to cover it all. Seek us out at legionofsuperbloggers.blogspot.com. always have to say it that way haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship we're back letters from the front letters from the front oh i didn't think we had any this week this week we do, we do. it's all about suicide squad number 23 oh yeah yeah that episode uh so david is gutierrez uh, starts us out by saying suicide squad was one of the greatest titles of the 80s it came out of nowhere and rocked the house Santarin says about the machines that the okarans drive that are on the cover that they remind him more of uh ed203 
than the ATST. That might just be him. That's the the big police robot from Robocop. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah oh, yeah, yeah. Can't, but well, yeah. they both look the but same. You, you can't basically. ride the robot. You can't ride the robot. And you well. can you can ride the ATST. <laughs> Challenge accepted. I try to ride that robot. Chris Franklin says, I must admit, I didn't buy Suicide Squad much during its heyday. Only the crossovers with the JLI and a few Batman appearances. I was much too white hat, black hat back then and still kind of am now. Oh, New Guardians again next time, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yowza, it's a testament to your natural charisma and fine job on this show that I don't flinch at coming back for that. Seriously, if Invasion crossed over into Sonic Disruptors, I'd listen to you guys talk about it. That's not even part of the DC Universe proper. Uh, Aaron Head Moss says, uh, but he's from the Task Force X podcast, so he should know a thing or two about Suicide Squad. He says, everything I've read or seen indicates that Oracle was intended to be Babs from the beginning. Oh, nice. We wondered. After she was crippled, John and Ostrander and Kim Yale disliked that idea so much, they wanted to do something useful with her, so they created Oracle. It's a great thing, because honestly, I prefer Babs as Oracle than, you know, than Bad Girl. Yeah. John Ostrander is a king among comics writers. Yes. Paul Hicks says, Siskoid, you're spot on with your criticism of recent squad iterations. Stalking the team with fan faves destroys the premise. The other idea that's gone out the window is the type of missions they're suited for. Low-key, disavowable, dirty pool actions where they shouldn't have a U.S. presence. The dumbest thing, probably not even, about the movie was the blue beam in the sky climax fight would be right up the alley of any superhero, not at all the specialization of a covert team. We agree 100%. Ange says that he bought the squad now and then often as an impulse buy. Strange, considering how much he loved the issues he did get. I actually got this issue out of the book box within the last couple of years, knowing it was Oracle's first appearance. I sort of should cash that out. Yeah. Uh, the actual reveal that it was Barbara was over a year later in number 38. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. It's the real Oracle. Brian Linton says, for more on the story behind Oracle's appearance in Suicide Squad, he recommends episode 109 of the Bad Girl to Oracle podcast, Uh, where Stella interviews John Estrander. Check that out, wherever you get good podcasts. (laughs) Uh, Tim Price says, I'm actually rereading Suicide Squad month by month in lockstep with the JLI Bwahaha podcast episodes. Those two books were so central to DC in that era and opposite ends of the scale in types of stories. It took me a while to get SS, only buying it here and there, but issue number 20 hooked me and that was that. Captain Boomerang nailed for moonlighting as a mirror master. It was hilarious. Agreed. Ward Hill Terry says, Bass, the Earth 2, Earth 1 Green Lantern connection that we talked about yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. in the feedback uh, was uh, from the late 70s. Really? As early as that. Denny O'Neill story with a Mike Grell cover. Oh my God, why did I not know that? Just never read the right comics. I just never... It's crazy how it fell through the cracks. And Michel Fief said uh, recently, so jealous of Bass reading The Squad for the first time, if he does take the plunge, that is. Otherwise, we have failed as a civilization. (laughs) (laughs) So you better take the plunge. I will. I will, because I I really do. We checked. They're all in trade now, so... Yeah, I I do take plunges. I mean, I, I, I buy a lot of stuff now. That I should, but they're all in like, like buck bins and, and mm. trade paperbacks, so I, I love it. Uh, Facebook likes and shares from Abel Padilla, Brian Linton, Chris Franklin, Clinton Robinson of Coffee and Comics, Corey Hodgden, David Is Gutierrez, David Foster, D. Bash, Derek William Crabb, Jason Pope, Jimmy McGlinchey, Max Romero, Michelle Fief, Nathan Archer, Ollie Almeida, Rob Kelly, Robert Ward, Roger Pree, Brian Daly, Shag Matthews, Terrence Castonguay, 
Uh, and over on Google Plus, The Hammer Strikes, and Twitter retweets and favorites from AJ Marchstar, Ange, Bad Touch, Dr. Light, Bernice Bishop, Chris, Chuck Rodriguez, Coffee and Comics, Comic Reflections, Crystal Davison, DC in the 80s, Dorothy Nicholson, Earth to Chris, Aaron Marlowe, The Irredeemable Shag of Firestorm Fan, Hicks, In Some Num 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 Maniac, Jim Bal, who says, glad you guys are covering this one, thought it may get overlooked since it didn't have the Invasion crossover label. We will not be duped. Never. Jimmy McGlinchey, Justice's First Dawn, Justice Trek, The Podcast, Connell, Longbox Crusade, Max Romero of It's Plastic Man, Mike Smith, Nancy Coleman, Nuno Duarte, RAD Adventures, Rob Kelly Creative of Film and Water Podcast, Treasury Comics, Superman Movie Minute, Hostess Ads, Pod Dylan, Digestcast, and now Mashcast, Roll Spine Podcast, Scott X, SGGS Comics, Super Roly, Ted Kilvington, Tim Price, Warlock Thanos Podcast, and Willie Yarbrough. Can you say that quicker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick. I'm getting good. <laughs> you got good. Well, if you want to weigh in, and maybe you know more than we do, which is entirely probable, please leave us a message. Yep. Either at fireandwaterpodcast.com. That's the website. Also be leaving some images from this book. Yes. <laughs> in, a, in a separate post. It's a great place for uh, all your comments, everything, because there's a discussion over there. So you can you can just hop in and uh, talk to us. If you can't be bothered to go to the website, we do have a Facebook page for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Yep. And uh, you can also leave a tweet, now double-sized. Double-sized tweets. <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, just use the hashtag FW Podcasts or actually at us. That's it, Bass. Well, that that's it. You know what? This was this was fun. I did not expect this to be fun, but it was fun. The reading was not that fun. Yeah. But talking about it. Yeah, it was fun. I do that. Be- <laughs> I do that all day. Next time on First Strike: The Invasion Podcast, Doom Patrol number eighteen. <laughs>